I'm Claire Manship. And I'm Ian Brodsky. And this is The Thing That Happened This Week. The show where everyone brings a story from the past seven days and we break it down. No shirt, no shoes, no problem, y'all. Hey, Ian. Hey, Claire. How you doing? I'm tired. Meh. Meh. You're tired. Why are you tired? I've just been busy like and like I feel like I'm saying that a lot in our episodes but I'm like super grateful to just be busy and running around because that's how I thrive isn't busy the best though yeah but yeah so now like it's just a weekend and it's just hitting me and I took a nap this afternoon and had like crazy dreams I dreamt that you lived in a weird like nondescript like it had tons of hallways and was like a labyrinth but it was like an apartment where nothing was hung on the walls and it was white floors and white ceiling and white walls and I was waiting for you. I was afraid I wasn't going to wake up from the nap in enough time to come here and record this and so I was like nervous that I was going to sleep through it so I dreamt that I was waiting at your apartment for you to get home from work. Oh. And you lived with a bunch of weird like Cirque du Soleil creepy people. I mean... And I had to hide from them. (laughs) That was pretty on brand until it was like a sterile white apartment. You think that your roommate is a creepy... No, I I meant like up until then, just like a labyrinth of like hallways and shit. Like, I would love to live in that kind of thing. I wouldn't at all. I'd have to keep my hand on the right side wall the whole time (laughs) to find the kitchen. Well, were there no no lights? It was spotty. It was like when we went to... Ian and I went to a fashion week event one time and there were all of these like weird spotlights that would appear occasionally. So if you wanted a clear, lighted way to get to the next place, like, you couldn't find it. Yeah. Oh, yeah. That's what that probably was rooted Mm -hmm. in. (laughs) That sounds about right. I'm tired because this week, like, it's nice to be busy, but it's also, like, when it really hits you is when you get home at the end of the day and you're like, wow, I used to have, like, no plans when I moved to New York and I used to go out to dinner every night and now I come home And I'm like, a zombie. And it's so funny because I never thought of this idea of like unwinding until maybe about a year ago. I had to be up early this morning. I got home late last night from a friend's show and I got right into bed, but I'm thinking, I'm like closing my eyes and I'm thinking to myself, I'm still awake. I'm still awake. Oh, that's the worst. I'm still awake, but like I'm not going to turn on the TV because then it's going to distract me and I'm still going to be awake. I do this horrible thing where when I'm up and I'm having a sleepless night, I'm like, well, why don't I just exhaust myself by like taking in something, like some sort of media, and then going back to sleep? But I know that if you look at your phone screen or whatever, that it's really bad for your REM or some shit. Yeah, it's it's a stimulant. Yeah, yeah. So I'll watch tasty videos. <laughs> and of all these recipes, I'm never going to get around to do. I've done a lot of tasty recipes. But, but does it make you hungry? No, no. I don't, I'm not really hungry in the middle of the night. I normally okay. don't eat until afternoon each day. Like, yeah, I know, I don't know. But I do get a little... Um, wistful that I know I'll never make these recipes so like why am I staying up at night like daydreaming about them it's weird sometimes I wish I was more of a baker like yeah. what I would love, you bake I don't know like for some reason I want to say cupcakes because I think like okay like really cool Wait, decorated what's your, cupcakes what's your ratio of icing though are you an icing person oh, I'm such an icing person oh disgusting oh my god it's the worst it's the best oh it's like the worst. I need like a whole like metric shit ton of icing and like i'm sorry like trigger warning a nice moist cake oh god ian 
I, I, I gave the trigger warning, yeah, to be fair. No, okay, you can't, you can't say trigger warning and then not warn what kind of trigger it will be. You could have said trigger warning and then gone, like, squish. Like, <laughs> <laughs> okay? You can't... Oh, God, the word moist is the word. I read an article this past week of... It was ranked the, uh, like, it was a ranking listicle of the, like, what people voted were the worst words. words. And one of them was smear. And I yeah. had never used the word smear in that way, but now I've heard it three times this week, and I'm just like, oh, gosh, because people keep saying smear campaign on the TV, uh, yeah. smear campaign. Smear campaign. For me, for some reason, it's viral. Like, I don't like that word. Well, virility. Doesn't that sound gross? Virility, a little bit. But it sounds like at least a clinical version of it. It makes me think of this time in high school where the entire marching band had meningitis. Wait, really? That was a thing? Mm-hmm. That's deadly. I know. So how? there's there's how? two. Uh, okay, so I don't really understand. But there's two different kinds of meningitis. There's bacterial, which is... The kind that there's a pill for, I think. Okay. And there's viral, which is mm. the one that, like, will kill you. And apparently there was, like, a strain of viral meningitis that somebody got from, you know, I don't know where it happened, but he gave it to his girlfriend, then his girlfriend gave it to the guy she was cheating with, and blah, blah, and it just, ah, like... Ah, one of those things. Oh, yeah, and they all came back from this, like band trip with meningitis it's always funniest when it's like the band nerds that's not funny but it's so funny yeah exactly (laughs) but my friend chris thomas he was the like a drum major and was like the only one that didn't get it because he like actually took his job really seriously in the band and like wasn't sleeping with anybody because he was like a good kid i relate that's sex negativity just because you have sex doesn't make you a bad kid does no, it? it but it's just like but if you get meningitis that makes you, you're a bad no, kid you little floozy you um, floozy no i mean i could relate to just being like very like very focused yeah. and just very like dedicated like I'm going to go to sleep at this time so I can wake up at this time and warm up at this time and eat my breakfast at this time so Ew. I can go to my audition at this time. Oh, God, Ian. I don't Part know. of me is still like that. I don't know if we would have gotten along in high school. Oh, no, not at all. <laughs> it's not that I was chill. I definitely, but I was like Rachel Berry. Like anyone who was trying to out, like, censor and out organize me, I'd be like, I'm sorry. You should rethink your choices. That's so funny. I was really mean. I was a mean girl. We Our school was featured in a... I'm sure this will come up in the future, especially if anyone ever searches me on the internet. I was involved in this, uh, like, 2020 documentary, my junior year of high school. That was when High School Musical was a really big thing. So ABC was, like, building on the Disney franchise and did, like, this whole docu-series on my high school putting on a production of The Wiz. But I went to an all-white high school. Mm. And I was really mean. I was really mean. And they made me like the mean girl of the whole thing. And yeah, it was really bad. And so when I watched that, I'm like, well, she was ambitious, honey. She wanted it more. <laughs> she wanted it most. I re- we also did an all-white production of The Wiz. Yeah, you did. Who were you? Tin Man. Oh, man. I was the Dorothy understudy. That's why oh. I was bitter. Uh, well, that'll Now I've built a whole career on understudying, and yeah. I really like it. <laughs> it's like, it's a really interesting, great gig. Like, I swung a children's show a few years back, and I was like, oh, this is fascinating. Yeah. Well, and it's really nice, especially as a swing. Yeah. Like, that you have to... It's just a... It's exercising your brain in a way that you've never done it before. For those that don't know what swinging is, it's... Uh, for those who don't know what swinging is, <laughs> it's a swinging good time. Um, you study anywhere between two and seven tracks. So an understudy covers 
the responsibilities and the lines and the music or whatever for one particular character, but a swing does multiple ones at a time. And they're normally ensemble or supporting tracks where you can, if one person's missing, it's easy to switch them out and it's not going to affect the overall outcome of the show. My roommate has some very interesting stories from when she worked on Pippin. And they just had so many call outs some nights that they had to like call people in early to do rehearsals because it's such a big circusy show to like, move people around and figure out like who's going to do what and how we're going to make up for the contortionist having meningitis or whatever. I'm thinking meningitis. That didn't actually happen. The but contortionist that had meningitis. <laughs> the Ian Brodsky story. That's the, that's the title of one of my books. <laughs> that's book five. It'll be coming out six years from now. Exactly. Yeah. So be on the lookout for that one. Well, I think that The weekend has really just taken it out of me like same the, the week took it out of me but the weekend like it it hit me like a wall yeah maybe i hit it like it was a wall maybe it was just a collision like maybe you two collided with each other you and the weekend that's what i'm trying to say yeah the weekend got me in the face right in the face not the rapper singer he did the not face? get me in the face the we oh the weekend the week the I weekend was like, i was like the fa- i was like the face is a rapper <laughs> that that just shows you where i'm at mentally right now <laughs> and you know he would talk like jaw rule like he would talk like this. i forget where i was i was at some kind of bar and they had karaoke <laughs> which is where he discovered hold on <laughs> doing that voice maybe it's not funny. Okay. I'm so on. happy for you that it happened, though. Oh, gosh. I always appreciate when you say that because it makes me feel less like an idiot. Okay, go ahead. I remember I was at some, I don't even remember where exactly this was, but there was karaoke going on at this, like, bar and grill. And that's when I discovered that there's literally a song, it sounds like death metal in the back, but the lyrics are like, You got hit in the face. You were crying like a bitch. You were crying like a bitch. And the song was called Crying Like a Bitch. And I was And you hyster- sang it. I'd, I wish. No. Um, <laughs> no, but I was hysterically laughing at this table with my friends, and they just didn't get it. I'm like, this is the funniest thing I've ever witnessed. It was just some guy at a bar, like, death metal screaming, You're crying like a bitch! You're crying like a bitch! <laughs> How did they not get that? That's funny! I don't know. Please write in at thisweeksthing at gmail.com if you think it's funny, because I'm sure that everyone else does. Maybe I'm just thinking it's funny now. Maybe we just think it's funny now because we're so fucking zany right now. Oh, man, we're loopy. Today at the coffee shop, they were playing, oh, gosh, maybe it was like Vertical Horizon or like Third Eye Blind or the Goo Goo Dolls or something, but it was such nostalgia, and there was a point where everyone was typing on their computers then like looked up and all like started singing the chorus together yes i'm trying to remember what song it was oh it's so good but like let's imagine it was iris you know and i don't want the world to see me and so everyone's like like tapping on their computers and like ordering their coffee and like sipping their espresso and like the clankety clankety of the tiny coffee shop and then all of a sudden it's like bum 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 but i don't want the world to see me because i don't think that they'd understand when everything's made to be broken I just want you to know who I am. I think that was the most on the same page as we've ever been in our lives. Yeah, I think so too. Um, (laughs) Our brains aligned over the Goo Goo Dolls. It's true. So guys, before we get to our first guest, there's a little disclaimer that I was the only one that got to talk to her. And I regret few things in my life and that is one of them. Aww. No, it's okay. It's fine. Like, because that conversation is just so much fun. Oh my gosh. Her name is Elisa Benson. You'll hear 
all of her job titles, but she is super cool, and her segment starts right now. Okay, we're going to give Elisa a call. Fingers crossed that I don't forget it. Guys, I am seriously fangirling out right now. I reached out to a podcast host that I am obsessed with. I listen every week, and she is here with us on the phone right now. She's the social director of Cosmo and Seventeen Magazine. She is also the host of the Cosmopolitan.com Happy Hour podcast. Please welcome Elisa Benson. Hi, Elisa. Hi, Claire. Thanks so much for having me. Oh, my gosh. I am blown away that I have you on the phone right now. It's weird to be on the other side of this. I'm so used to being the interviewer. I know. And you've interviewed so many cool people. Like, we're going to get into it. I mean, congrats on the podcast. Are you just, are you so over the moon about it? Thank you. I mean, it's so fun to do. It's so weird because I still feel like it's this kind of, you know, I've been working at Cosmo and 17 for like a million years now. And the podcast has still felt like this like little baby side project. But at this point, we've done over 50 episodes. So it's like all of a sudden it became a real thing. (laughs) But I love to do it. It's so fun. I love that it's growing. I love hearing people that tune in every week. Um, And I feel like, yeah, I just love it. It's been so great. Oh my god! And how how exactly did the podcast come about? Were you pitching it to the magazine, or were they pitching it to you, or how did that happen? Um, I actually sort of came in after it had been in progress for a while. You know, at Cosmopolitan.com, we knew that we wanted to do a podcast because you know we're a big digital brand, and we wanted. Cosmo is a huge brand. We sort of wanted to be everywhere that we knew our readers were. So a lot of people on the staff, of course, are obsessed with podcasts. And um, so we knew we wanted to do it. And my boss, Amy O'Dell at Cosmo, was basically called me the day before they were recording the first episode. And she was like, you know what? There's no way I'm going to have time to do this every week. Do you want to do it? And I was like, I sure do. Oh my um, god! That was like the moment in time where I was like super, like everyone in America was like super deep into listening to serial. So I was just like having such a podcast moment. Um, so I was really excited when she asked me, and yeah, it was like the very next day we were recording our first episode. So it kind of for me really happened overnight, even though Cosmo had been working on it for a long time. Oh my god! Well, shout out to Amy. That is like, and it's such kismet. Like you, you really have made it your baby, and I mean, it's clear when you listen to it that you love what you do yeah it definitely feels like my baby like I feel like I've even though like Amy gets all the credit for working to launch it I feel like I you know was there you know in the room when it happened and like raised it from being this little tiny thing um so yeah it's been so exciting of course I oh my gosh I'm like blown away that over 50 episodes that is such an accomplishment Thank you. Thank you. I can hardly believe it. Sometimes it's like we have ideas for episodes and we're like, have we done that already? And like, I can't even remember. It's reached that point. It's too big. Well, it's not, I mean, has it taken on kind of a life of its own? How has it changed since you first got started in terms of booking guests and things you've learned? Oh my gosh. 
Well, at the very beginning, um, I was basically doing everything on it myself. So every guest that came on was somebody that I had reached out to and was booking, and that was really overwhelming. So now we do work with a producer. Um, we're actually just switching to a new producer, um, but most recently worked with Jason Eichler, who we brought on to Cosmo full-time to actually join our video team, which is why he's stepping away from the podcast. But over the past several weeks, he has been really doing everything, you know, booking guests, helping to pitch ideas for the show, putting together a little script, so I basically can be like a diva and just show up (laughs) and work with what he gives me, but, um, you know, so it's grown from something in the very beginning that was very, very casual and kind of assembling editors in a room and saying, let's talk about this, let's talk about that, it's really feeling like more of a show where we get to bring in more different points of view and talk to cool people um, and I think really do justice to the topics that we're discussing, you know, um, moving it away from being the way that you would sort of casually discuss it at brunch to talking about things with a little more authority and bringing more people into the conversation. So I you know, would like to continue evolving it even more. And I think we're sort of like in the second phase or level of it. And, you know, I would like to see it get even more, I don't want to say professional, because I feel like one of the things that people love about podcasts is that they feel a little like off the cuff. Um, But, you know, just continue to make it like better and better and better. And, you know, I like, I just, it, brings me so much happiness when I hear from, I always say readers, we're so used to saying that in magazine (laughs) land, but when I hear from listeners that say they tune in every week and, you know, I take that responsibility seriously and I want it to be just like the best possible show that it can be because I know that there are so many people that really love it. Including you, Claire. Thank you. Oh my gosh. I see. Uh, I have to tell you, I'm like shaking right now because it's, it's like you're saying it's weird to be on the other side of the microphone to be on the phone call process, but yeah. I'm hearing your voice come through my phone and I'm so used to coming through my earbuds, which I'm just, <laughs> um, and I, I was so surprised that getting people to do podcasts with you, you know, you reach out, you pitch somebody, kind of essentially the message I sent you, like, hey, I'm early in production with my friend on this project, and I don't know if you'd be down, but I'm really interested in talking to you. And people are so, you know, podcast is happening, a mo- having a moment right now, and it's like people are so willing to help you. Sure. I, you know, we've had the same thing that, like, in a weird way, you know, we're, we're at Cogno, like, always reaching out for people, you know, reaching out to celebrities and reaching out to experts, you know, whether it's for an interview or for something for the magazine or to do a video or to do a Snapchat. So, like, any given day at Cosmo, we're reaching out to people for one million different things. But, you know, I think the podcast, I think actually for a lot of celebrities, to be honest, it's like because podcasts have become such a popular form of media, I almost think it's something that they feel like they need to, like, cross off the list, you know? Right. Like, oh, I'm promoting a project. So I, you know, did my magazine in book interview with this outlet and I did my um, social media thing with like my publicist and I did the Cosmo podcast, you know, it's (laughs) become that podcasts I think are something that people feel like they need to like hit that, um, that communication channel. So I think that, you know, to your point and also with us at Cosmo, I think that has been helpful to us that people are really interested in sort of like ooh, I have to like I have to be on a podcast like that's a thing people care about now right so well, yeah I think that's been helpful 
you mentioned social media and you know who else I reached out to is Christina Libby and she oh, oh she's a oh she's amazing right just emailing with her it's like she has such a kind heart and um she also is going to do a phone call I might marry the two of your phone calls um oh my gosh yeah, yeah. um I love Christina Libby I have so many amazing things to say about her she's just like the best person to know and like a total genius and is also just like such like a lady hustler like I love her love her love her right but I'm not surprised she said yes (laughs) well she was she was one of my uh favorite guests that I heard on your podcast I mean do you have favorite moments do you have favorite guests the other one that I I felt like I was I was walking through Chelsea listening to it and I fell all over myself when I heard the voice of Dolly Parton Yes, that was so, so major. And can you just imagine Dolly Parton being like, what's a podcast? (laughs) Being so down and so game. Love her. Um, You know, I love talking to Christina Libby. Um, Actually, Christina was so good on that episode that we did over the summer about side hustles that she's now launching her own podcast. Um, Because I was like, Christina, you're obviously like way aware of this than I am. (laughs) When is your podcast coming? And she's like, you know, I think I'm going to do that for real. (laughs) So um, Christina is always free to talk to you. I love her so much. Um, I actually really, of course, like, like I said, I don't even remember anything that happened more than five minutes ago. But the episode that actually just went up this week um, about porn addiction, I spoke over the phone with Pamela Anderson and with her rabbi, um, and they wrote an article for the Wall Street Journal a few weeks ago, basically taking a very strong stance, a very strong anti-porn stance, and so we hopped on the phone with her, and I had a chance to ask her more about that, and that was a really interesting conversation. I mean, Pam is so famous for being a sex symbol, so for her to come out and really say she doesn't believe that people should watch porn ever was pretty interesting, Um, but I found it to be a really positive conversation. I felt like, even though she had such a strong point of view, I felt like she was really respectful. you know, that I was not necessarily agreeing with everything she was saying. But that was a really interesting conversation. Um, And, you know, at the end, she was like, I love Cosmo. So so that was great. Well, if you want to talk about someone who's fun, fearless, and female, I feel like Pamela Anderson meets every check check on the box. Yeah, for sure, for sure. And, yeah, I just think that's why it's so interesting, you know, and – You know, one of the things that we wanted to make sure that we represented in this episode about porn addiction is that, you know, a lot of the sort of anti-porn sentiment is typically very sex negative and very sexist. And that's never the point of view that we have, you know, for Cosmo as a brand. We're obviously a super sex positive and a a really judgment-free outlet. Um, So it was important talking about porn addiction that we didn't, make it seem like we were subscribing to sort of this like sex negative point of view but that was what was so interesting about Pam is that she you know during the episode and when I was talking to her on the phone she's like I love sex I love having great (laughs) sex you know so that definitely made her she's an she's become a very interesting person to sort of be a public face for this controversial argument that's amazing that I that you have the opportunity and obviously Cosmo one of the best places for the resources to reach out to these people to get these conversations on the table it's so exciting yeah it is it's just been really fun and you know working on the digital side at Cosmo 
you know, the way that our stories travel in the digital space is that when you put something out on social media, it's like you're fighting for eyeballs every single time. You know, we publish so much great content every day on Cosmo, but every single time we publish something, you're sort of doing whatever you can to tweet it and put it on Facebook and hope people click through and hope people read it and, you know, hope people are caring about something beyond just, like, what Kim Kardashian wore, even though, as you probably know from listening to the podcast, I care deeply about what Kim Kardashian wears. But the thing, yeah, but the thing that's so nice about the podcast is it sort of feels like, you know, there's a luxury in having a smaller audience and a luxury in sort of feeling like we can talk about things in a real way that isn't necessarily about fighting for eyeballs every single time, the way we have so much pressure to do that on the site. Um, so it's, I love that about it. Like we kind of say the podcast is where we get to have our sort of real conversations about the things that, you know, Cosmo readers are talking about all the time. Exactly. Well, guys, if you're not listening to the Cosmopolitan.com happy hour, I can tell you it is one of the most enjoyable things to listen to on your commute when you're working out, when you're just cooking. Like, I'm obsessed with the show. They cover all sorts of topics for ladies and gents. So please, honestly, if you're not listening, you gotta. Um, Elisa. Thank you so much, Claire. Of course. So really quick, on our show, it's called The Thing That Happened This Week. So did you bring, I know I gave you a little homework assignment, did you bring something that happened to you this week? Oh my gosh, you know what I have been, you know what happened to me that I've actually been dying to talk about, and I keep thinking I'm going to write about this or maybe talk about it on the podcast, but um, I don't know if this counts, but it's just the craziest thing that's happened to me recently. Um, I did flotation therapy, which is essentially like what Eleven is doing as Changer Things, if you've seen that. Oh, my God. Yeah. Like, I was in a saltwater chamber, like a sensory deprivation chamber, and it's supposed to, like, make you feel very zen, and it was just the craziest experience of my life. I, like, don't even... I was obsessed with Stranger Things, first of all, (laughs) that was kind of why I was interested in it, but it was so much weirder than I even thought it would be. Like, I sort of had a panic attack. I sort of thought it was insanely relaxing and felt like a new person afterward. So it's, like, a real mixed review. It was so crazy. I feel like everyone needs to try it just to know how, like, weird it is. Oh, my God. And so what are the what are the effects afterward? Like, what do they hope that you'll take away from the experience in terms of the physicality or the emotional effects? Yeah. So, you know... It's one of those, like, kind of weird therapies where they're like, everyone reacts to it differently, you know, like, there's no (laughs) right or wrong kind of thing. So it's kind of hard to say, like, what is supposed to happen, but they say that you are supposed to, you know, feel like you are thinking more clearly with, like, a laser focus and that you're supposed to feel physically lighter, which I felt like were both true for me. I also felt weirdly, like, the way you feel after you leave a really hard workout where you're sort of like tired but in a really good and energized way like I felt like that even though of course it was not working out it's literally laying for one hour in a dark saltwater tub um so I did sort of feel like the benefits that they said you're supposed to get from it I did feel that way it's hard to know like was this all you know psychosomatic and was I just pretending like this was (laughs) a game changer for me but it was weird I mean like the first thing I did when I stepped into this like salt water tub that's in complete darkness was just like open and close my eyes and feel that experience of like there is literally no light in this room 
when my eyes are closed and when they're open, there's no, like, my eyes aren't adjusting to this. It's actually pitch black. Whoa. That was really weird. So, um, it was crazy. <laughs> I don't know if that counts, but it was so weird. Oh, my God. It totally does. I mean, we, it's so funny because we've been reaching out to these guests. We're booking guests, and they're like, what do I talk about? And I'm like, you know what? You get to pick, buddy. That I think that definitely counts. That is, I mean, now, are you, like, 11? Can you move the space-time continuum? <laughs> I can move the FaceTime continuum. I can basically <laughs> murder people with, like, a toll of my head. No, I'm just kidding. But, um... Now you have uh, such a craving for egos. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> yeah, I um, really loved the show and, like, of course, had to, like, take my fangirling to the next level and, like, actually try that. But, yeah, it was so... It was so weird. I mean, I'm saying all the positive things about it, but it was also just, like, very very strange well trying something new is always scary but especially when it's like your body so much of your work like I'm an actor my body's my instrument so immersing it like literally into something that's unknown is I I could imagine it would be daunting yes it was very daunting is a good word it was very weird (laughs) oh my gosh I'm now I feel like I gotta try it that's the that and acupuncture are the two things that people are kind of buzzing about right now like almost a mixed review like what I'm doing and it makes you more curious like like oh I have to know what this is like for myself right and was this uh was this on assignment for the magazine or was this for you personally um I think that I I was not technically on assignment but I think I do want to write because I'm kind of focused on 17 through you know still straddling my roles at both Cosmo and 17 but focused on 17 and we know our 17 readers are super obsessed with Stranger Things so I think I'm gonna write something about it it's just like so weird that I haven't even been able to fully gather my thoughts about it. But this conversation helped. Now I feel like I now I feel ready. Oh well, I'm so glad I I facilitated the moment. I'm so excited. <laughs> you definitely did. Well, Elisa, thank you again for sharing with us for being here. I am honestly blown away. So honored. Like I, I'm I'm so appreciative. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Really, it means the world to me that you are such a fan and such a supporter of the podcast. So thank you. I'm happy to return the favor. Oh, my gosh. She's so nice, y'all. You have to go listen to her podcast. <laughs> and if you're not reading Cosmo, I mean, I've been a longtime Cosmo subscriber. So maybe I'm I'm biased to the demographic the podcast was looking for anyway. But I still think that the magazine has such incredible content and... 17 also like I made the jump from 17 to Cosmo as a young lady like a young woman and just having especially in a conservative environment having sex positivity having someone unabashed answering questions that every woman everywhere has like it just made me feel so comfortable and now as an adult I still you know it's it's by my thank you yeah it's by my bed you know like fighting the good fight of course, it is a good fight, especially in the current political climate. Ah! Oh my gosh, oh my gosh. Oh my gosh, girl. <laughs> well, thank you again, and open invitation. I hope to talk to you in the future, and, and I will keep listening. Yes, thank you. Re- li- literally anything you need, I'm here for you. Oh, you're amazing. Well, thanks, Lisa. Bye, hon. Thanks, Claire. Bye. Oh my gosh, guys. Oh my gosh. Oh my gosh, I'm like freaking out right now. Okay, signing off. That's the end of that segment, honey. Isn't Elisa just amazing? She is 
delightful. She's so nice. And like, I I literally was like teary-eyed shaking talking to her. It was great. I, I just love, I just love any excuse for a Stranger Things reference. Yes, exactly. What's so funny is like, I heard myself in the recording. I was editing that portion of the episode and I heard myself, like my voice getting higher and higher and higher because I was like fangirling so crazy. Mm-hmm. Oh, man. Elisa, thank you again. You're incredible. Thank you so much for doing our show. If you want to follow Elisa, I was a horrible podcast co-host and did not ask her how to find her on social media. But here's how you find her on social media. At Elisa Benson, E-L-I-S-A-B-E-N-S-O-N on Twitter and Instagram. So go follow her because she always has cool content. Hit her up. 